Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Can someone tell me what year this is? I'm, I'm being serious. I need someone to email me right now and tell me what year it is because I thought it was 2024. In fact, I thought it was January the 1st, 2024, the first day of a new year. But well, when listening to a sermon for our Sermons 2.0 challenge that I chose absolutely at random, I would I would think that it was 1971, maybe October the 11th, 1971, maybe 1972, maybe 1973, maybe 1974. Maybe somewhere in the 70s, maybe even the 80s, maybe even the 90s, because because maybe this thing needed to be talked about for, you know, 10, 20, 30 years. Maybe it needed to be talked about for a long time. But for crying out loud, ladies and gentlemen, it's 2024. Can we find something new to discuss? Can we find something new to talk about? All right. All right. All right. I I will explain. Okay. So welcome, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Monday, January the 1st, 2024, even though I'm not sure, because I still think that possibly some preachers and pastors and and some conservatives think it's uh, October the 11th, 1971, when a particular song was released. But we will will forget that. It's Monday, January the 1st, 2024. It is currently 2 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central Studio, located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, as many of you know, I have given us a challenge, something we are attempting to do in 2024, and that is I wanted everyone to download the Sermons 2.0 app, either the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store. Once you download it, then I wanted you each day to pick up your device that you downloaded the app on, open it up, and choose a sermon random as possible. Just, I mean, random. You can go to the Discover tab, hit New, whatever. You could type in a, a scripture and just choose a random one from there because I wanted you to hear different sermons, different perspectives, different pastors, different hermeneutical approaches. So early this morning... I did just that. I reached over, grabbed my iPad, went to Discover, pulled down, hit play, and, well, I'm going to play for you what I heard. But in it, something is mentioned. Something is mentioned, and it's not about 2023. It's not about 2024. It's about something that was released on October the 11th. 1971. Are you ready? So, so I know it's 2024 and I know we just left 2023, but we're going to have to take a few minutes and go back to 1971. And we have to talk about this, right? Now this, remember the sermon challenge, we're going to hear things that sometimes we agree with and sometimes we disagree with. Sometimes we're going to be confronted with different ideas, but this one, I was just like, what? No, not this again, but we'll see. We'll see. Now, as soon as it was mentioned, I stopped it. I stopped it. So we're going to listen to all of this. And the reason we're going to listen to all of this is because, well, it's only about five minutes long. All right. So this is one of those things where I happen to choose uh, like a devotional message of, of some sort, but that's okay. I still wrote it down because it's what I'll listen to. I may, I'm going to probably listen to other things today as well, but this is the first one I wrote down. And this is, in fact, let me open my notebook right here. This is called New Year James 414 from Bible Believers Fellowship, or the to- total title is 058, I'm assuming maybe episode 58, New Year James 4.14. I think this is a, a series. They were called Holiday Devotionals, I think is what they were calling this. I don't know when they started it. I've never uh, listened to anything from this particular uh, what, broadcaster. So I, you know, again, we're, we're choosing at random. So everyone should go download it for themselves. All right. Listen to it for yourself. Again, 058 New Year, James 4.14 Bible Believers Fellowship. And you should listen to this. It, it, it maybe it will spark a different conversation amongst your friends and your family, uh, and by uh, maybe on social media, use it, talk about it. I mean, that's that's what we're trying to do. Is try we're trying to get the most out of these messages. We talk. We we've spent a lot of time discussing that as well. But are you ready? Let's see. I'm going to let you hear what I heard, 
And then, well, we're going to talk a little bit. <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit. Oh, boy. Okay. All right. Here we go. Deep breath. Remember, it's 2024. Remember. Remember. Okay. You, you, may, you may be confused in a minute. Here we go. James 4.14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I used to really enjoy the New Year holiday, but as I get older, it's become really not such a big deal. <laughs> Maybe I'm just getting old, but I also know it's not just me. Few people that I know do anything on New Year's Eve, especially if it requires being on the road due to all of the drunks out driving around. Staying up late was never an issue with me. I'm a night owl, so on any given night, um, I, I'm usually up later than my wife, at least used to be, uh, 365 days a year unless she was up with illness or injury of some sort. So for me to stay up until midnight was pretty normal for me up until the last couple of years. And now, it seems like recent years, I hit 11 o'clock and my tank hits empty and I'm ready to hit the sack now, to be fair, the individual is clearly indicating that they are older. I won't refer to them as old, but older. They get now tired and ready for bed at 11 o'clock at night, right? So they're, they're older and now they're not as excited about New Year's Eve and, and just those kinds of things. Okay, so they're clearly giving an indication that they're older. So therefore, when you're older, you have a tendency then to reference and to pull from things from the past, right? We, we have a tendency to do that. We'll, we'll grab on. We're going to mention something. We're going to use a, we're going to make a reference to something. And sometimes those references tend to be from the memory bank instead of from what is happening around us. Now, you can argue the effectiveness or ineffectiveness of doing such thing when communicating or preaching or doing a podcast or a broadcast of any sort, right? I guess if you know your audience, if all of your audience is from the same demographic, from the same age group, well, then obviously you can pull from a reference. Now, sometimes I do that. And I typically, I tell you when it's dated, sometimes I'll make a comment like time to make the donuts. Well, that's dated, 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 way dated. That's way old, right? So sometimes I will make some reference and I, and I try to catch myself because I know then I'm hoping because I never want my audience to only one, to be one age. I want my audience to be from, from teenager up. I want everyone. I want everyone. So, so there's, there's good and bad in doing that, right? Sometimes if your audience is primarily made up of a certain age group, making those references, they feel like they have something in common with you. We could get into a whole discussion about public speaking and, and the pros and cons and, and how to do this. I understand that. So, so I know he's older, so he may make an older reference. I understand. So let's, I, I'm prepared for that, but I don't know if I'm prepared for this. Here we go. <laughs> at any time after that. But for a couple of years, I would fight the urge and stay up to watch the ball drop at midnight. It's just lost its luster for me. Um, just doesn't seem worth losing sleep over. But what made it worse is that uh, the stuff you have to endure before watching the ball come down. It's just disgusting and wicked. For a couple of years, I even tried to watch the ball drop on Fox News because it was supposed to be the conservative alternative, you know. And what did they do? Well, about five minutes till midnight, they played John Lennon's anthem to the Antichrist titled, Imagine. Oh, my goodness. John Lennon's anthem to the Antichrist. Imagine. John Lennon's Imagine was released on October the 11th, 1971. And for some weird reason, it remains this boogeyman 
of conservatives and especially with those in the Christian world. If any, if there's a video of anyone singing, imagine it's like, this is the end. The antichrist is here. They're overthrowing the world. They're woke. They're, they're liberal. Oh my goodness. What are we going to do? They're, they're, they like imagine by John Lennon. I knew that song was the, the detriment and the end of the civilization. It's like, whoa, calm down. I could think of a million songs that are far more problematic than imagined by John Lennon. Now, clearly what he's referencing is he doesn't like the New Year show, New Year Eve shows where the ball drops because of all the musical performance. He believes it's disgusting. He doesn't like it. Okay. I understand. I mean, look, getting into a discussion with music and Christians, it's, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a useless, it's a useless endeavor. It's just, it's just useless, right? Because Christians have their, I mean, man, it's just, music is just, you can't get anywhere. It's just, people will fight. And I, and I always find it interesting because in many cases, Christians will apply a standard to music that they do not apply to the movies they watch. Okay. It's somewhat hilarious sometimes. You can't listen to that music. It's disgusting and it's vile and it's secular and it's worldly. And like, and you like, which movie? You like what? Okay, all right, never mind. Okay, so so that that's already gets frustrating enough. All right, so but it also it carries on this idea like the music today is a bunch of garbage, which every older generation says about the previous generation, and and you know how I despise all of that because I love music. All right, so John Lennon, imagine an anthem to the Antichrist. Now, I have very strong feelings about this, and I will play, and this is basically where I stopped it. So I don't know what he's going to say after. I'm assuming what's coming is probably going to throw in communism. Who knows what? Because everyone throws in everything when it comes to this song. All right. Now, many of you know, I have, (laughs) I have and had many interactions about this song with people because I get very, very frustrated with the things people say. So here has always been my take. Now, I'm going to go. So there were, so 1971, he just mentioned his song released on October the 11th, 1971. Okay. Now I'm going to jump to the 1980s. 1980s. I grow up in West Texas. If you've ever seen Footloose, it was a lot like that, right? There were, there were literally towns that banned dancing. I mean, that's not that's not an exaggeration, right? It was crazy because many of these towns were very much controlled by the power of a First Baptist church in town, right? And they were like, we're going we're gonna to rid this town of all the evils of rock and roll and MTV. And they wanted to get MTV banned from cable systems and they wanted albums banned. And it was just, oh, you know, listen to Kilroy was here by sticks. Okay. That's what it felt like. Right. Okay. It's like, what is happening? The moral majority was there to, you know, control what everyone did and listen to what they did was good and what everyone else did was bad. And in, and of course that was the time during backmasking. So they were playing records backwards to listen to some secret message, supposedly from Satan who say, let's, let's play another one bites the dust backwards by queen. Oh, I think it says smoke marijuana and, and stairway to heaven by Led Zeppelin is something about sweet Satan. Oh, oh, let's play. And so we're going to play them backwards because the argument is, even though you're playing them forward, the message that you hear backwards was being put into your mind subconsciously when you listen to it forward. It, it was it was the most conspiratorial, ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. And And I was sitting here as a teenager watching adults do this stuff. And I'm like, you people have lost it. You, I, I don't, if, if the adults are in charge, we are doomed. And that's basically was my feelings. But I decided I, I could find a new form of entertainment that did not cost me any money, right? And here was my form of entertainment. Local churches all over the West Texas area were doing these like the evils of rock and roll this Friday night. Come as we expose the enemy, as we expose Satan's you know, plot to destroy your children. Parents be there. And then on Saturday, we'll have a record burning. And then they would get together on Saturday and burn all the records. It was, it was like something to me. Now I know this is somewhat of not a direct correlation. I understand that. But in my mind, it felt like I was in Nazi Germany, obviously minus, you know, concentration camps and the extermination of 6 million Jews. But it felt like this controlling, burning, censoring. It just felt like, what what world did I end up in? But I loved going to these conferences that churches were holding 
because they were insane. They would, they did, they seemed to lack basic a comprehension when it comes to interpreting lyrics. They couldn't seem to figure it out. They couldn't figure it. They would quote a lyric and they're like, this lyric says this. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's not what the song is saying. Sometimes they would have wrong, wrong lyrics to wrong artist or wrong artist to wrong lyrics. So like they couldn't get anything right. It, it was like someone up there just like, okay, someone, well, who's a, who's a popular artist today? And, and then just just start ranting and raving and they would show of course to any any album that even seemed to be somewhat problematic they had an ELO album i can't remember the name of it where it's like i think it's supposed to be dorothy uh, from wizard of oz wearing you know the ruby slippers and there's you know the a, like a witch with her hands over them in fact let me just pull up the album let me pull up the album I, this one made me laugh so hard uh, I'll, I should I should always remember the name of the ELO album. Let me just pull it up. I'm going to Apple Music because it was so. And I loved ELO. I loved ELO. I still love ELO. Electric Like Orchestra. All right, let me name find the album. It'll it'll be right here. Here's all their albums. What was it called? It was so ridiculous. Oh yeah, uh, El Dorado. 1974, and there's Dorothy clearly wearing her ruby slippers, and then there's the witch trying to get the ruby slippers, right? And they were like, this is witchcraft, and this is Satanism. I'm like, it's Wizard of the Oz, Wizard of Oz from, what, 1939? Could you people calm down a little bit? It was just ridiculous stuff like that. And I'm like, ELO, of all the bands we're going to go after, we're going to go after Electric Like Orchestra for promoting Satanism? I'm like, let me, I, I can do a better job than you can. It was ridiculous. Over and over and over. It was ridiculous, 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 ridiculous. So I've always like, and so to me, it was just fun to listen to how ridiculous they are because it just showed me, look, if these guys cannot figure out how to interpret a song lyric, people are supposed to listen to them interpret the Bible. Now, I wasn't a Christian at the time and I mocked this stuff. I had a field day with this stuff. I thought these people maybe I, I I'm just gonna be honest. I thought some of these people were the dumbest people I, I would, thought I would ever meet in my entire life. And I couldn't under, understand why adults were like spiraling out of control. Now I know at that time, looking back, I didn't understand it during it, but you know, it's the great Satan scare of the 1980s. They've talked about it on Stranger Things and other shows have talked about that time where everybody thought there were like, you know, teams of Satanists roaming about kidnapping children. It was just insanity. So there was fear. There was paranoia. There was misinformation. It kind of sounds like 2023. Okay. I digress. I digress. But the point is, I've always had my conflict with this kind of stuff. And it happened in the 90s when people were quoting again lyrics. And it was always Christians who just could not seem to get out of their own way. But imagine by John Lennon, of all the things you could talk about in popular music, what is the deal with everyone's so upset about this song? Now, let me explain. I do not necessarily agree with the philosophy of the song, but I do understand what he's trying to say. So let's, so there we went to the 80s. Now let's go back to October the 11th, 1971. And if you were buying music in October the 11th, 1971, maybe you bought a John Lennon album. And maybe as you were home listening to that John Lennon album, Maybe you all of a sudden started hearing the the name of the album is Imagine. It's a photograph of John Lennon. Okay. Um, Kind of a cool looking uh, photograph. And maybe you were listening to the album and then you stumbled upon these lyrics. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine all the people living for today. Now, of course, immediately when you hear the words, imagine there's no heaven, imagine there's no hell, people, of course, Christians are going to be, oh my goodness, this is the end. This is the end. Just take it. And I'm not saying I agree with the philosophy. Now, people have a hard time comprehending this. People have a hard time comprehending this. You can disagree with the philosophy at the same time, seek to understand what they are saying. All right. 
Let me continue. Imagine there's no countries. <gasps> Open borders. Oh, just stay calm. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion too. So let's get it rid of, hey, no heaven, no hell, no countries, no nothing to kill or die for and no religion. Imagine all the people living life in peace. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No no need for greed or hunger, a brotherhood of man. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will live as one. No, please don't. There's no, nothing explicit. There's no, there's, it's just straightforward. Here's his philosophy. I mean, it's pretty simple to read that and understand it. Here's someone's looking at the world and he's like, hmm, the world is divided. People are fighting, yelling, screaming, war. There's just all of this conflict and division. I wish I imagined it could be different. So then he starts going through the things that causes division. Well, if you are a Christian, we're very much know this division that we believe in, that there's a heaven and there's a hell. And typically we run around trying to, to say who's going to go to hell and who's going to go to heaven. Well, that's a very divisive thing. Hey, we're, we're the people going to heaven. You're the people going to hell. Well, if you're outside of Christianity, you're going to see that as pretty divisive. Right? Hey, we're, we're the good people. You're the bad people. We're the people going to heaven and we're going to have eternal bliss and you're going to have eternal torment. That's a division. You're dividing. There's no way to get around that. Okay. Imagine all the people living for today. The idea is, Hey, if we would all focus on today and not worry about and the hope of, Oh, we're, we're focused on heaven. No, we're focused on, well, you have a division. Some are focusing on heaven, on eternity. Some are focusing on the now. He's like, if we could all just live for the now, that would remove another division. Imagine there's no countries. Well, country uh, division, I, I don't know, maybe you could read a history book. How many times have there been wars between countries? Oh, they happen all the time. Russia and Ukraine. Oh, Israel and Gaza or Israel and Hamas. Maybe you still have some, some divisions. You, we could talk Vietnam, Korea, World War One, World War Two. The Civil War. I mean, sometimes it's a fight within its own country, but countries, there's division. I'm from this country, you're from that country, and we want this and you want that. And well, they're going to fight. Um, he goes on to say, it's hard. Uh, it's, it isn't hard to do. It's not hard to do to imagine all of these divisions gone, gone. Nothing to kill or die for. If we could just stop trying to, I'm going to kill for this or I'm willing to die for this, right? I'm willing to to martyr myself. You don't have people strapping on a bomb and willing to die for Allah. Like he's saying all of these things that divide and bring about violence and death and division. Can you imagine if they were all gone and no religion too? Well, don't come on. Come on. I, I don't care how strong a Christian you are. You cannot argue that religion has been a source of conflict forever. Fighting, war, division, families divided, Churches divided. Don't, we, there's no way to get around it. Imagine all the people living a life in peace. Can't, I mean, I don't know about you. I, I can imagine and almost long for a, a world where there isn't fighting and division and war and death and families falling apart. I, wouldn't it be great if we could just all live for the now and live in peace? You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Hey, instead of being divided from us, I wish you would embrace the same, the same thing that I'm imagining. If we could all imagine this and draw and long for this, then we could live a world in peace. Imagine no possessions. I wonder if you can. No need for greed or hunger. A brotherhood of man. Now, oh, you, you, possessions. People fighting over possessions, owning possessions, to get possessions, stealing possessions. Hey, if we, if we could, um, there's no greed or hunger. Like there's a, there's an equality. Come on. You have to imagine that what a world that would be. No greed, no hunger, no possessions, no fighting, no stealing. Everyone has what they need. Imagine all the people sharing all the world. In other words, instead of fighting for, for land and fighting for this and fighting for resources that we all share the world and we could all get along. You may say that I'm a dreamer. But I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Now, listen, you may say his, his dream here. 
what he's imagining. You may say it's naive. You may say it's foolish. You may say it's never going to happen. You may say, hey, John, even if you removed all of those things that you think divide us, I've got some very bad news for you. We're still going to be divided. We're still going to be fight. We're still going to fight one another. And we're still going to have problems because these divisions arise from a sinful nature. And I imagine a world where there'll be no more pain and there'll be no more death and there'll be no more suffering. And, and that's going to be a world where there's no more sin. I, I imagine the same thing, that there's going to be a world where all of this will come to an end. But I believe the only way that's going to happen is through Jesus Christ. He's imagining the same thing. He's imagining a, a, basically a heaven, but he believes that the way to get there is to eliminate all of these social constructs or, or ideologies that he thinks divides us. He thinks the solution, remove everything that divides us and we'll be one. I would argue, hey, I want to remove all those things that divide us. But the problem is the thing that really divides us is us ourselves because we have a sinful nature, which leads to selfishness, even if we were to remove all of these other issues. This song should lead to great theological discussion. We all want what John Lennon was wanting. We all imagine that, or at least I hope you do. Peace, no hunger, no starvation, no more death, no more fighting, no more arguing, no more division, no more disunity, a, a world of peace, a world of love, a world of everyone has uh, enough. That sounds great. Now, you may argue his solution to get there is foolish, but we can all agree and we can say, you know what, we all want that. But what if, what if the problem, John, or anybody else who loves the song, what if the problem is there's something deeper wrong? What if the problem is it's inside us? So I don't see, he, he's imagining something that we can all relate to. That's why so many people love the song. The, see, so many times as Christians, we just attack a song that becomes popular instead of stopping trying to figure out why is it so popular? Why? Why is it so popular? I mean, why? Why do you think that song has lasted for years? That song is voted one of the greatest songs of all time on countless lists of greatest songs of all time. That song has been voted number one. I don't even know how many different lists it shows up on. If it's not number one, it's in the top five almost every single time. This song has had a profound impact because everyone looks at the world and look like war, pain, division, starvation, homelessness, poverty, greed, fighting, this, that, religion. And they look at the world and they're like... This is, and they look at it like religion's not helping the situation. That religion only leads to more division. So I imagine, I wish it would all be gone so that we could have something better. And so I can understand why someone would relate to it. But instead of trying to understand why someone relate to it, like it's his manifesto to, it's a, his song to the Antichrist. It's like, oh, for crying out loud. It's someone who looks at the world and is tired of what they see. So they imagine something different. Now, they imagine to get to that different thing, maybe in a way that won't actually get them there. It's not the first song. It's not the first anything to put forth an idea of looking for some kind of, you know, utopian society. It's not the first to put forth some kind of idea about this perfect way of living. John Lennon was not the first. He definitely hasn't been the last. There's been millions of movies, books, so many things. But for some reason, it's like John Lennon loves the Antichrist. John Lennon loves the Antichrist. It's like John Lennon just looked at a world and wanted a different world. Can you blame him? That was 1971. I don't know. What are some of the things that had happened? Well, someone making music in 1971, what had his generation probably somewhat pretty familiar with? I'm assuming Vietnam would have been strong on their mind. The whole civil rights situation would have probably been strong on their mind. Korean War would have probably been somewhat, you know, right there with them. I mean, you can talk about all, all of the things that they would have been witnessing and seeing. And that the whole hippie movement, they were, they were tired of the world and what the world had to offer. And they wanted to, in a sense, check out, drop out and look for something. They wanted to create some form of a utopia. Now, did they ever find it? No. 
because I believe the reason they couldn't find it because there's a deeper issue at work and that's our sinful nature. So I don't know why the song is so like, oh my goodness, I was going to watch Fox News and for crying out loud, they played Imagine by John Lennon. Oh no, what are we going to do? It's a song to the Antichrist. It's not a song to the Antichrist. It's a song of a human being looking at a world that is broken and going, I wish and I can imagine that if all of these things that he thinks is causing the brokenness would go away, that the world would be one. I will argue, remove all of those things, the world still would not be one because we're depraved sinners. I can disagree with the overall premise. Well, no, I can, I can agree with the desire put forth in the song, disagree with his solution and not have to turn it into, this is a grand, you know, <laughs> a grand attack upon all that is holy. I can't, I can't watch a show that would play it Imagine by John Lennon. Really? It, it's that disturbing to you? Now, so we went from 1970 to 1980, back to 1970. Now we go from 1970, just jump to like 2000, I don't know, 21 maybe? 2021, 2021, maybe 2022, someone, Phil Johnson to be exact, who's connected with Grace to You and John MacArthur, he was one, on his social media account, he was once again, not once again, he, like many others, so once again, like other conservatives and Christians, he was upset because some people in Hollywood had made videos of them lip syncing, um, the words to imagine by John Lennon. Oh, no. And this was a great affront. This was horrifying. It made conservatives and Christians so angry that these people are, t- are looking at the world going, man, I imagine a wish for a better place. No, 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 no. So some things were said about the song. And once again, guess what I did? I'm like, hey, don't know if that interpretation of the lyrics is exactly right. I've read Countless interviews by John Lennon where he talks about the song and what he was trying to convey. I think you're misrepresenting. I think all he's trying to do is, I, this is the world I want. Here's the way I think I could get there. I'm like, I may disagree with how. And next thing you know, it was full-blown attack. Full-blown. And, and not only attacked me, attacked my church. That my church could not be committed to the in-depth teaching of scripture because I'm defending Imagine by John Lennon. And I'm like, I'm not defending the song. I'm calling for us to be honest and fair with the interpretation of the lyrics. You know, you know, common decency, you know, love your enemy kind of thing. But no, 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 no. And then I got attacked. In fact, I had to finally start blocking and had to just basically remove everything because I made the foolish mistake. Saying, I, I just don't know if that's what John Lennon was trying to say. Let me let me give you give you an example of just one article about the song. Just one article, according to John Lennon. I mean, I don't I don't know who should I listen to, Christians or should I listen to the person who wrote the song? I, I don't know. According to John Lennon, the song "Imagine" is about envisioning a world without divisions, barriers, and conflicts. It expresses his desire for global unity, peace, and harmony among all people. Lennon described it as a utopian song representing his idealistic vision for a world free from religious, political, and social differences. <gasps> what a horrible idea. He wants a world that would be free from religious, political, and social differences? What an evil man. Now, he may think removing all of those differences is going to fix everything, where I would argue I look, I know what you desire, John. I understand what you desire. Or anybody else who loves a song, I know what you desire, but it's not, it's not going to happen. The lyrics of Imagine encourage listeners to imagine a world where there are no possessions, no countries, no divisions, that, uh, and no divisions uh, that, you, that, uh, that humanity, Lennon suggests, that if we can get, let go of all of these uh, constructs, we can achieve a world of true freedom, love, and understanding. The song's message resonated with many people at the time of its release in 1971 and continues to be an anthem for peace and unity. It is considered one of John Lennon's most iconic and enduring works. Now, I'm going to go back. I'm going to play everything we just heard and then let this play itself all the way out. And I may jump back in, but it's just crazy. Now, 
unfortunately, this is not what I wanted to happen. Okay, when I well, during this, but this is going to happen during the sermon challenge, right? It's going to happen. Now, I want you to go listen to it all for yourself. I want you to listen to. I mean, you can go to listen to "Imagine" by John Lennon today if you want. Okay, I know is that is that wrong to say? You, yeah, you can. You're free to do that. But I want you to go listen to this message that we are re- not really reviewing, uh, but that I'm addressing because, well, this is what happened to me today listening to it. It's called zero five eight. New Year, James 4.14, Bible Believers Fellowship. I want you to go listen to it. And I want you to, you can draw your own conclusions. But here's what I say. Whatever you think about any song or anything, just be fair with it. Try to listen to what the uh, artist is saying. And I think people do this. I think think parents usually are the ones who make this mistake. If your kids like something, instead of just yelling and screaming and condemning at it, like, get that garbage out of my house, instead of doing that, maybe try to understand why. What what is it about the message? What is it connected to? It may not be anything more than other people listening to it and they just want to fit in. Come on, you got to be able to relate to that. You got to be able to relate to that. But maybe there's something that they really are emotionally connected to. Try to understand it. Well, let's listen to this again. Now, I do like the way he starts out. He's kind of got this cool kind of intro music. Then he lets it play as he talks over it. I like the production here. I do like the production. It's done very well. I wish I had those production skills, but I don't. Uh, Does a very good job. And, uh, well, let's see how we get from, well, New Year's, uh, being too tired to stay up till midnight disgusted by programs where the ball drops because it's horrible music and then upset with Fox news because they themselves dare play a ma- I mean, I don't know. I guess, I guess I, I, it's funny how Christians sometimes look to Fox news. Like they act like Fox news is supposed to be a church or something. I don't know. I would be more upset with Fox news, not because they play, played imagine by John Lennon. I'd be more upset with Fox news that they lied to you about the Dominion voting systems and had to pay 700 and what, 57, $787 million because of a lawsuit. Oh, they got another lawsuit coming from Smartmatic. Oh, and then it came out in Discovery that many of the hosts were behind the scenes saying completely different things than they were saying on camera, basically saying these things are not true. This is all a hoax. This is all garbage. But yet I guess it, well, we should be more upset that they dare play Imagine by John Lennon. All right, here we go. Let's listen to this. James 4.14 says, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. I used to really enjoy the New Year holiday, but as I get older, it's become really not such a big deal. (laughs) Maybe I'm just getting old, but I also know it's not just me. Few people that I know do anything on New Year's Eve, especially if it requires being on the road due to all of the drunks out driving around. Staying up late was never an issue with me. and I'm a night owl, so on any given night, um, I, I'm usually up later than my wife, at least used to be, uh, 365 days a year unless she was up with illness or injury of some sort. So. For me to stay up until midnight was pretty normal for me up until the last couple of years. And now, it seems like recent years, I hit 11 o'clock and my tank hits empty and I'm ready to hit the sack <laughs> at any time after that. But for a couple of years, I would fight the urge and stay up to watch the ball drop at midnight. It's just lost its luster for me. Um, just doesn't seem worth losing sleep over. But what made it worse is that uh, the stuff you have to endure before watching the ball come down. It's just disgusting and wicked. For a couple of years, I even tried to watch the ball drop on Fox News because it was supposed to be the conservative alternative, you know. And what did they do? Well, about five minutes till midnight, they played John Lennon's anthem to the Antichrist titled Imagine. So for the several minutes leading up to the final countdown for the year as you watch for the ball to drop you're subjected to a song about the glories of communism a song about the glories of communism 
Now, there was discussion John Lennon had about the song on communism, but he makes it very clear that his view there was not so much like a, a, a Russian or a Chinese. It was more like a British kind of form of socialism where he thought maybe that would be, again, once again, he was looking for solutions to all the problems that he saw in the world. But the song is more just him imagining if we got rid of all these things, it would be like, I don't understand why it's got to, it's got to be classified in such negative ways. Like, I, I, do we just lack the ability to engage art in a meaningful, thoughtful way? He imagines something. He wants something. Okay, we can all want that. All right. What's your solution, John? Mm, okay. Beautiful song. Well done. Iconic. One of the greatest songs of all time, according to almost everyone. But... Well, I just don't know if your solution would actually work. Next. Okay. That was 1971. We could be done talking about that by 1972. All right. Now we're in 2024. I mean, we could talk about Flowers by Miley Cyrus. I mean, that's one of the big songs of the year. We could talk about Doja Cat. We could talk. I mean, there's a million other things. Taylor Swift. I mean, we could talk about that, right? I mean, she was all the, on the charts. Uh, yeah. What's the country artist? Morgan Wallen. I can't remember his name. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big country fan. I mean, I listen to it, but I don't keep up with it. He was all over the charts. I mean, we could, we could talk about that musical travesty known as Luke Combs covering Fast Cars by Tracy Chapman. Trask, Fast Car by Tracy Chapman. We could talk about that atrocious crime against humanity. That's more offensive to me than anything. Okay. All right. That's a whole different story because obviously I love the original by Tracy Chapman. Okay. I, I digress. The point is there's a million other things, but I know for him, this is like a, a communist manifesto. This is a a song to the Antichrist. Let's see. Let's, let's see if he says anything. I told you communism was going to come in. I told you because I've heard this play out so many times. Let, let's see if, if, if he says, any, maybe he just is done with the song and he'll move on. <laughs> Some of the lyrics to Imagine say, imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us, above us, only sky. Imagine there's no countries. It isn't hard to do. Nothing to kill or die for and no religion too. You may say I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. I hope someday you'll join us and the world will be as one. Now, if you don't understand the Antichrist, New World Order, communist agenda of that song, then you have the spiritual discernment of a dead ant. (laughs) I have the spiritual discernment of a dead ant. I have the spiritual discernment of a dead ant. I would like to think that this is not even about spiritual discernment. This is about the ability to take a song and to correctly understand what the artist intended to say. And find that, which I can find common ground with. Man, I would like a world where there would be division, but don't, don't you find it interesting? He's critiquing a song that says we're too divided. We attack one another and I want it to all go away. And religion is a leading cause of it. Or at least he mentions no heaven, no hell, no religion. I won't say if he would say it's a leading cause, but he definitely mentions it. And then here's someone who's religious calling out the song And if you don't understand the song the way he tells you to understand it, you have the spiritual discernment of a dead ant, immediately promoting the very disunity and division that John Lennon was saying religion leads to. Is that not a little ironic? (laughs) And all the while, as this is playing, you have half-naked drunk people singing about the Antichrist. And the whole spirit of the scene is godless. Um, ga- half-naked people singing a song to the Antichrist? I, no, if they're singing Imagine, they're not singing to the Antichrist. And typically, when they show the ball drop, it's usually New York City. Usually it's pretty cold and usually people are bundled up with covered up pretty good. Really? I mean, you don't really see a lot of naked people in Times Square. 
on New Year's Eve. Maybe you do, but I, I mean, maybe there's pictures somewhere. Okay, I, I don't know. I've never, I've never watched the ball drop and go, oh, look at all those naked people. Look at them. They're just, it's just they're everywhere. Maybe some of the artists performing, but if you're at the last five minutes. And they're playing Imagine, and they're showing the crowd. I mean, who are they showing that's half naked? I mean, I like what? I don't know what he's watching. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe I missed that year. Maybe I missed that year. It must have been really, really bad to be. I mean, I mean, it must have been really bad. And I guess he has the ability to determine who's drunk or not drunk simply from his television set. But hey, why would we want to imagine a world where we aren't so judgmental and divisive? I mean, because that would be ridiculous to want to imagine a world that way. I mean, that would be foolish. Who would want to imagine a world that way? I would rather live in a world where you can sit on your couch watching people a thousand miles away in New York City, and you say, that person's drunk, and that person's drunk, and that person's drunk, and that person's drunk, and that, and that person's half naked. Like, now maybe you can de- judge the lack of clothing, but I don't know how you can determine who's drunk or not drunk. <laughs> like, how do you know who's drunk? Like, how did you pull that off? Gathering of these godless people who have no consciousness of their own mortality. They're thinking that the next year is going to be amazing, or at least better than last year. But See how he knows all these people, what they're thinking? He knows that they're godless, that they have no concept of their own mortality. He knows all of that. He just knows all of this from sitting on his couch watching Fox News. He's able to determine all this about all these this just... Mass of people. You know how many people sometimes are packed into Times Square? But he's able to figure all of this out. Hey, but you know what? You're right. That that song by John Lennon, that's the problem. That it's it's so problematic when a person would look at religion and go, all it does is lead to division and fighting and judgmental spirit. I mean, why would you imagine a world different than that? I mean, because as Christians, we like this world of division and being judgmental, obviously. The reality is many of those people won't even make it to the end of the following year. Just do a search on, quote, those we lost in and put the year. And you'll find lists and video collages filled with dozens of famous actors and athletes and politicians, musicians, authors, scientists, etc. Listen to our text in its context as we read the verse before it and after it. This is James four thirteen through 15. Go to now, ye that say, today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and yet and get gain. Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will we shall live and do this or that. That nails it. I'm sorry, but I just couldn't stomach this New Year stuff any longer. I don't think there's anything wrong with people just counting down to the New Year and singing Auld Lang Syne and hugging and kissing their spouse and all that kind of thing. But when it comes to drunkenness and wicked music and an overall antichrist spirit, just count me out. I don't know for sure that I'll live to see the next ball drop. People die the very moment the clock, stri- uh, clock strikes midnight of every New Year's Eve. I want to live and behave in such a way that no matter when I'm called to heaven, I'm not caught up in the spirit of this world. Those of us who are saved by the blood of Jesus, who died on a cross to pay for our sins, He rose bodily from the dead, conquering sin and death, we don't need all of that worldly, fleshly, sinful junk on New Year's or at any other time. If the Lord will, we shall live and do this or that, and all for the glory of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, he says many wonderful things there at the end. Right? We we should never consider and never just assume that we're going to live forever. We we are going to die. We need to be reminded. And he, he quoted a beautiful, powerful text, James chapter 4, verse 13. Go, go to now ye that say, today or tomorrow... We will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? Is it even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away? For that you ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this 
or that. But now you rejoice in your boastings. All such rejoicing is evil. A beautiful passage of many things he said right there. But even at the end, he was drawing those clear distinctions in the line. I'm the godly one, and I'm not going to be like those ungodly ones. Now, I understand that is built in to Christianity. I understand it's built in. There are saved and there's the unsaved, godly and ungodly. I understand there's right and there's wrong. By no means am I saying we ever throw that away. But it's just ironic that he's criticizing a song that says, hey, I've grown tired of all that division. I've grown tired of all that fighting. I've grown grown tired of all of the finger pointing and back and forth. And I imagine something different. Now, I understand. I understand completely that desire to be tired of it because I get tired of it. I get tired of it. Now, I don't think there's a solution to, to it because even if we were to remove all religion, we would still fight and be divided and still say you're wrong and I'm right and your camp is wrong. And whether it would be racially, it would be, we would, it would be geographically, who knows what it would be. We would find some reason because we are sinners. There's something deep inside of us that brings about this, this hatred and this thing. But there comes a point there where it just seems like, so you're the godly one. But did you correctly represent that song? You're the godly one, but you're judging people who you don't even know. You're not even in the same city. You're not even in the same state. You're nowhere near there. And you're calling them drunk. You're calling them godless. You're telling me that you know what's in their mind. Now, you may be right about some of them, but you don't know. It would be like someone who looks at all the statistics of how many children have been sexually abused and molested inside churches or by religious leaders, and then assume that anyone who's religious, anyone who's a pastor, anyone who's in ministry, that they're going to possibly molest children. You would be just as offended by that. Well, right. So we don't do that. If you know an individual who was there, then you can say, I knew this individual who was in Times Square, and he was half naked, and, and he was drunk. And okay. Now, was there drunk? Is there drunkenness in Times Square during New York uh, during New Year's Eve? I would assume so. There's drunkenness probably everywhere. <laughs> okay, that that's you know, alcohol is a pretty popular. Well, actually, beer drinking is on a massive decrease right now, according to a recent study. But all right, I digress. The point is, drunkenness has always been a problem. Always been a problem, right? For a very, very long time, right? Very long time. So um, we, we could talk about that. It just seems weird that. He, he, he just, he referenced this song as a communist, you know, antichrist, instead of just trying to understand what the song is saying. Now, I wish in 2024, we could have a world like John Lennon described. There would be no more conflict and no more difficulty, peace. Everyone has plenty. I just don't think John Lennon had the right solution. Because the solution ultimately requires God coming back and ruling and reigning and our sinful nature being eliminated. I do agree, and I don't think John Lennon's song really has anything to do with it. James chapter 4 is something that we do need to remember because you need, neither you nor me nor anyone else were guaranteed if we're going to even see January the 2nd, 2024. So we should be grateful for the day that we have, utilize it for the best of our ability to serve God, and in serving God, let's show love to our enemy. Let's not judge what we shouldn't judge or can't judge, like what's going on in someone's mind and heart. And maybe, instead of kind of slander, we accurately represent what someone says and is fair about it. We still may disagree with it, but we can, we can talk about the song imagined by John Lennon. I think it's a great discussion. I think it's a good discussion. I think it's a good conversation starter. I think it brings up many philosophical concepts. And I think someone who is not Christian would look and sit back and go, so wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You don't like the song, 
because it says no religion and no heaven and hell and these concepts, you do realize you religious people have been around for thousands of years and you've yet to make the world better. It only gets worse. They could put the blame at the church and say the church has not helped anything. It's only increased division, fighting and wars. Now, whether that's an accurate criticism, it's one that could be made. Now, I think just, you know, wanting everything to go away is not a solution either. So we could have a discussion about that. But it turned into, I don't remember all the adjectives used to describe it, but there you have it. That is what I heard today, randomly choosing a message. Now, I appreciate the message. I do. Even though I disagree strongly with what was said, I do appreciate because it got me to James 4. Now, remember what I said. When we're listening to things randomly in 2024 and doing this challenge, look, you're going to hear things sometimes you don't agree with. You're going to hear things sometimes you don't like. We can focus a lot on that, or we can also try to take from it something. So what I here's what I'm going to take from what we just heard. I'm going to make sure I continue to check my heart and make sure that I am not judging people in an inappropriate manner. I'm going to try to make sure that I try to fairly represent people because I fall, I fell, I fall short of these two things as well. I don't, I don't, I judge people in a wrong way. I don't fairly accurately represent people in a right way. I do wrong. I do, I do the same kind of wrong and the same kind of thing. And, and I do need to be reminded that, hey, I don't, I can't count on tomorrow. My life is but a vapor. It's here and it's going to be gone. And I need to make the most of it. So I'm going to try to learn from everything in that. I'm not going to try to just criticize it. I, off, I had to offer a criticism only because, and it's not even about this. It's just about, well, my constant experience with this song within the Christian world. And I don't get Christian's inability to take art and go, so what is he trying to say? Like, we, we should apply the same interpretive skills that we would apply to God's word well, to anything that we read. So what do you think? What do you think about Imagine by John Lennon? Does it make you, you know, run and grab a cross and some, you know, holy water and, 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 and fear for your life that you're going to be possessed by a demon? Or do you like the song? Now, personally... I love, there are plenty of other songs by John Lennon and his solo work that I love far more than I love Imagine. In fact, Imagine probably wouldn't even be one of my favorite John Lennon songs. Definitely, if we add to the Beatles to it, would not even be anywhere close. So, but I find myself, even though it's not necessarily even one of my favorites, I, 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 I feel like I've spent a good portion of my life trying to defend it. And it's not even defending it. I'm just trying to tell people to accurately represent it. It's like when I hear pastors say something about Satanism, I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you even know what you, what Satanism are you referring to? What, what, like, could you clarify? Because if you're talking about, you know, the church of Satan and Anton LaVey, you're so misrepresented it, it's not even funny. You've created some Hollywood version of it. I don't agree with Satanism. If I want people to accurately represent Christianity, and I want, and I want as Christians, we fairly represent others. But there you have it. I was, I was going to talk about all the other things. I was going to talk. I got, I got some emails about some things that people were listening to. I wanted to talk about them. Oh, there, there was a. I wanted to turn, but this kind of turned into an hour of of really talk, discussing it. But go listen to it. It's called. Um, hang on. Where's my notebook? Where's my notebook? Where's my notebook? Here it is. It is called zero five eight. New Year, James 414 from Bible Believers Fellowship. Please go listen to it. Please download it. Give them the extra streams. Give them the extra listen. And please, 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 please listen to far more that they've said. Don't don't base your opinion on one thing. You know, just go listen to more and, and, and listen to other perspectives. Because at the end of there, it got really, that's really good and really well said about James 4, uh, 14 and following. It, it, some really good stuff there. I just... The John Lennon thing. Now, that, that may be an example that I have to remind myself. Maybe another lesson I can learn from it. You always have to think about the, the illustration, the thing you're going to use to illustrate, the thing you're going to use, because sometimes your illustration overrides your point. And see, for me, now this is my own fault. 
I got so preoccupied with the John Lennon thing that I, it would have been very easy for me to allow that to overshadow the James 4 thing. So what I should have carried away from that is James 4, but I would have carried away John Lennon and Imagine. Now, that's a danger a preacher has to always be on the lookout for, but it's also my fault. Because as much as I disagreed with that part, I should have focused on the James 4 part. So really, it exposed that maybe I need to be, be better at listening. So there we have it. Newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. It is January the 1st, 2024. The Sermons 2.0 Challenge is underway. Download the app. Randomly pick things. You never know what you're going to find. I never would have thought <laughs> that at whatever time early in the morning I started listening to that, I was getting ready to be confronted with John Lennon Imagine on the first day of 2024 when the song was originally released in 1971. Of all the songs you could talk about, of all the songs played when the ball drops, that's that's just bizarre. Like, I guarantee you there were songs played last night when the ball was dropping that would be a million times more. Co- I mean, Dojo Cat? I mean, come on. I mean, do we need to look at the lyrics for it? I mean, uh, <laughs> we Cardi B, Megan The Stallion. We could go. I mean, I mean, I could just start naming. Are you like, we, we, we couldn't even read many of those lyrics. It would be like, and blah, blah, beep, and blah, blah, beep, and blah, blah, beep, and blah, blah, beep, 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 yeah, that, that's how some of those songs would go. But somehow, Imagine by John Lennon? I don't get it. All right, thanks for listening. Everyone have a great day. Have a great 2024! And let's get the most out of every sermon. Even, even when we find something we may disagree with, grab the part that you can take and do something spiritually with. So I'm going to try to do more with James 4 today than I would have before I listened to that message. So I'm still grateful for it, still thankful for it. I'm still happy that that person took the time to turn on a microphone and share it. It's given us plenty to discuss. God bless.